Welcome to Navigating Education, the podcast bonus episode eight of our Navigating the Toggle Term series. And today's topic is on navigating blended learning, instructional models, strategies, and ed tech tools to utilize. And I have with me today here one of the book's case study authors, Victoria Lowe. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, very glad to be here. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, of course. So uh, just a little bit about um, Ms. Lowe before we get started and jumping into the question. So she's been a 20 plus year educator from the Bronx in New York City. Uh, she's currently a teacher leader teaching sixth grade ELA while coaching and training educators to support her community and school at large. She's a Microsoft Innovative Educator, Google for Certified Trainer, an ambassador for Bonesy, Wakelet, Flipgrid, and a learning leader for Discovery Education and on the Discovery Education Leadership Council. Uh, Ms. Lowe is also a Common Sense Educator, member of Digital Promise, Coach PLC, and the Danielton Group Virtual PLC. And she's an EdTech presenter uh, who's presented locally and nationally. She earned her Bachelor's of Science in accounting from Mercy College in New York, a master's of art in psychology from John Jay College Cooney, and a master degree in science in elementary education from Lemon College Cooney. So you have a huge background in education. You've been in this for a while. You've focused on a lot of integration in EdTech over the years. So as someone that has a lot of experience, Tell me, how did you, uh, you know, talk a little bit more about your background and your context in education, then talk a little bit about your past 15 months navigating the toggle term. Okay. My context in education is that I'm a facilitator of learning. I create that environment for students to learn. I do that by providing them with the tools and supports they need to engage with learning to allow their genius to thrive because they already come into the classroom with something and I wanna support that and lift that up. Uh, we create, we, I say we intentionally create a space of belonging and acceptance to be co-creators of learning where they can make mistakes, ask for help and grow at their own pace. Um, I got here is interesting by way of social services. I was a child protective services worker and a juvenile justice um, probation officer. And in those systems, you see the families at their worst. You, you don't get any lower than that in terms of this is, they're at their bottom. And working on my first master's, I was looking for the commonality in the families and, and children in these systems. And what I found was that it was educational level. So I came into education to create generational changes because they were in these systems generationally. And it, it was like this cycle. And how do you break that cycle? Education is the way. And so I left that and I became a teacher through an alternative certification program, New York City Teaching Fellows, um, determined to make a difference. And so that was 20 years ago. Um, so these 15 months, boy, what a whirlwind. Um, all of my teaching was done without the assistance of technology. And so I created this environment. We had our chart papers, we had our notebooks, we, we had all this stuff. And um, we had access to computers maybe once every other week. So we would plan, 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 do things. And then like 
every other week or so we would have these computers mm -hmm. for a short bit of time. So technology was not fully integrated into what I did because we didn't have access. Um, so then the world, the bottom dropped out, the world changed. And um, I knew I needed to create that environment for my students online. And um, I heard about Twitter. I was, you know, I dabbled in Twitter. But so I, I looked on to see what other people were doing. And I reached out because um, that's what I do. And I saw these teachers doing these amazing things because in my district, we were, there were school districts that closed much earlier than we did. And so I saw these teachers doing these amazing things. And I was like, how are they doing that? What's going on? And so um, I, I, I reached out, I asked questions. I, I, I stalked people on social media, slides mania. I was like, how do you do that? Help me, help me. Um, and all these other awesome, awesome people. Um, and I saw that, that Google thing, you know, we were doing Google Classroom. I don't know Google Classroom. So I went to Google for Education because I needed to do this. And, um, and I saw the directory with the trainers and this, I said, I wanna do that. I wanna be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think the schools closed in April by June, I was a Google certified trainer. Um, and, and it just allowed me to know how much I didn't know. And so I was open to, to all these other things. And so I, I started bringing the toys in with the kids. You know, they were our toys. Oh, I have something new today. Let's play with this. And um, and so I kept asking and I kept, you know, um, getting guidance from now. I had built this PL, global PLN and I learned it's like, oh, it's not about how many toys you could bring in and how many different tech tools you can use. It's like, how are you using them? Mm -hmm. How are they supporting the students? So then I was like, aha. So yeah, it's not about the toys. So then there was a whole nother process. And um, along this journey, I became certified ambassadors and all these other things. And um, what I learned from it was now, and somebody's like, oh, why are you doing that? You know, And I was like, you know what? Now I'm able to distinguish um, it's not that Google is better than Microsoft or Microsoft is better than Google. When I'm doing this specific task, Microsoft Forms is better because of this reason. So even if I don't use a tool, I know what it does. Mm -hmm. I know how to use it to its full capability. And so now I can make informed decisions about how to best serve my students to support the, the academic needs. Um, and so that's the story of me in the pandemic and um, the PLN, um, it was just awesome. But it was me having to take the risk, say, I didn't know, uh, help me please. And I wasn't by myself. You know, there were so many of us in this situation and um, to accept the help and, and, and to grow along with others and grow with my students. Um, and allow them to grow. And uh, because I'm also a teacher leader, now it's like, how do I turn this into my school building and build that capacity there? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, no, and, definitely. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, you you, go ahead. And, and, and so that was important because it's not about me and it's not about my students. It's about my community. Mm -hmm. and, and so it was important for me to now bring this back 
and how do we build capacity in the school building and in the whole education community? Yeah, I know. I just love how you talked about, you know, at first, I think many of us were uh, just dabbling with all these different tools and we got really more involved in developing a global professional learning network in that um, really for many of us, I think we were, we had our own localized PLN and we're doing some professional learning that maybe wasn't associated with our district through some other routes. But I think what one of the main positives of this past 15 months is, is that it opened the doors to being um, much more open, having this worldwide community instead of being more siloed within our local area. There's nothing wrong with being siloed in our local area, um, but I think incorporating everyone's voice, incorporating all these different ideas really can help us bring back to our community so much more and can really help our students. And you took advantage of all that professional learning that's been taking place. And um, I'm sure um, you've seen a lot of major changes, not only in your teaching, but in your whole school building. Yes, yes, yes. It's just phenomenal, um, the, the shift, the pivot. And, um, and, and like you say, it's like the world is bigger than my classroom. The world is bigger than my school. The world is bigger than my district, even though it's the largest district. Yeah. But it's bigger than that. It's bigger yeah. than that. And um, what's happening in Canada and India, you know, it's like we're not that different. We're, we're, we're trying exactly. to, to teach our students. We're trying to support them in learning. We're trying to develop them as global citizens. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So I 100% agree there. And now let's specifically talk about um, your case study, um, which is in chapter number eight, which is on blended learning. So let's talk about some of the instructional strategies and ed tech tools that you suggested during blended learning and implemented. During blended learning, I'd love to, to start with collaboration tools. So we, we start there um, just to get a pulse of the room, but just to open it up. Um, because again, I think of my classroom as our classroom. And so this is what we're going to dive in today. So let's talk about it. And um, so that would be like a Jamboard, a Nearpod, a, you know, like a collaboration um, on doc slides. Uh, we collaborate on ideas before they are off to work independently or with partners. And there's so many tools um, and, and new ones come about all the time and my list changes, but I'm just gonna, for collaboration discussion, I lean towards Flipgrid, Jamboard, Padlets. Padlets is kind of, I've jumped on that board a little bit later, mm -hmm. but I like it. Um, for teacher-led mini lessons, I kind of favor the Nearpods and the Pear Decks um, if I'm not using a Google Slides on its own to just kind of present information. Um, and uh, for independent work with high engagement. So it's like once we've done, like once I've kind of shown them something, a model something, then they might uh, engage with it through a Buncee or Pixton Comic or an Adobe mm -hmm. Spark. Um, and so most times I let them choose because some of my learners and I had to, to learn to release that, um, some of them, they really gravitated towards the Buncee. They wanted all that stuff. 
for some learners, the Buncee was like, wait a minute, there's too much stuff going on. I can't, I can't. And so those were my Pixton comic babies. They needed the structure yeah. of the of the slides. And then some of my babies just wanted to be free. And <laughs> I want to do a web page and I want to do flyers. And, and so it's just like once we have had this conversation, once I've modeled something, now they have the chance to say, okay, what am I gonna do with this? Um, how, how am I gonna engage with this? Um, and um, for high engagement text and topics, um, New ZLA was awesome. Um, late in the year, I just got into Soundtrap. I was blessed to get an account. Um, so now I'm starting the podcasting. What a game changer. What a way to amplify student yeah. voice. Um, I, I, I point these individual tools out, but most times I use them together. Their app smash together. Um, so an example, I would use a new ZLA article um, in Flipgrid. They have to respond, then maybe create something on their own. Um, and so it's not in isolation and I had to learn that. Um, that's something that I learned. And so I just dibbled and dabbled and played mm -hmm. around with it, took suggestions from the students. And, um, but a lot of these, they kind of flow together. Um, and so it's not, I don't, and it's, so it's hard for me to decide on this because it's, it's not in isolation. Um, yeah, no, totally. It's, you use a wide variety of tools and strategies and you've broken it down within the sequence of the lesson and um, that's huge. And that not only can it be used in blended learning um, scenarios, it can be used within an online or our traditional face-to-face -face setting. So what you're doing can be done in any setting, including blended learning. And when we're talking about now just speaking of blended learning as an instructional model, what form of blended learning? Um, so for example, flip classroom, station rotation, flex, what do you personally like to implement? And then maybe talk a bit about some recommendations that you suggest for uh, as a teacher to implement it. I, I favor the station rotation model um, in person or remote. Um, I teach middle school in a block programming setting. Um, I need to be mindful of the attention spans. 90 minutes is a long time. Um, and um, so I need to keep them engaged and involved in rigorous instruction and activities. Uh, for this to work, I need to have current data. So all of these things that I'm talking about, the Flipgrid, I get data from Flipgrid. I get data from Neopod. So all of these things that I talked about earlier, I have data, you know? And so um, as I'm planning my stations, um, I need for them to be meaningful and engaging that support their learning, um, that addresses these data points that I'm trying to hit. Um, I need systems in place. Um, is this a station rotation where they move as they complete a task? Um, so it's different ways to do it. So it's like, as you complete this step, now you're going to step two. Um, or is it a station where, okay, for 15, 20 minutes, we're doing this thing, then we're doing the next. Um, so there's different ways to do the station rotation, uh, but the procedures are the main thing anytime you talk about the stations in, the, in these grouping. Um, what are the procedures for rotating? Are the directions clear about what they will be doing? What do you do for the student who doesn't understand that student that always needs you to say the directions three times? Um, 
where do they go and where do they get their information? Um, before I start station rotation, I establish clear classroom routines and procedures. The first weeks of school, as, I, as a class, we develop our norms and think through what would this look like? Mm -hmm. And so I literally have conversations. Okay, you know, because the kids, I have sixth graders. You've been in school for six years now. You kind of know what it's about. How We're going to be in groups. We're going to do group work. You're going to rotate. What would it look like? What do we need to do to get from one station to the next? Get ideas from them, and then we decide on this is the best one. Um, and so they are involved in the process. And by them being involved in the process, they own it. These are our routines. It's not Miss Lowe's routines. Um, and that's important for the buy-in. And so when something, when someone is off task, oh, you're not following our routines. Or a lot of times mm -hmm. the kids, they'll be the ones to say, you didn't do it right. You didn't calm mm -hmm. down. He's new. Uh, but they, when the new kids come in, they walk them through, this is how we do things. This is what the um, rotation looks like um, for everything, going to the bathroom, coming to class late. Uh, but now it's not only you having this conversation, it's the class. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, those procedures and strategies that create the stations and allow them to function is just, it's, it's critical for that station rotation piece. And it's awesome that you have your students bought into those routines because they can be also peer leaders to help students with each of those stations. That's, that's huge. Um, for anyone that is doing any sort of strategy, it's those routines, those basic routines that we build every single day and building that community buy-in is so essential for teaching to be effective and for students to um, really buy in and that amplifies their learning by doing that. So that's, that's amazing. So let's finally discuss as we uh, round up our discussion is what are some uh, two to three uh, tips and tricks you suggest teachers um, to do when they're implementing blended learning um, to make it an effective instructional model for their students? The first thing is the data. Examine the data. You need data. Um, from the first day, you'll get some data, um, but use the data to drive that instruction. Don't be afraid to try new things or let go of something that's not working. Um, sometimes it's like, oh no, this I decided this, I have to go through this. And, and, and you're like trying to put that round peg in that square hole, let it go. Maybe you'll come back to it later. Um, get feedback from the students about what's being implemented in the classroom. Um, maybe there's a reason that such and such is happening and it's not really going the way that you thought. Um, maybe some directions aren't clear. Maybe the, you know, maybe you're pushing them past that point of, you know, that level of frustration. Um, in the blended learning model, what I love is that if you're doing these things, you have that time for those individual conferences with students. It's not only about the small groups, it's those individual conferences that you're able to have with the students because now they are engaged, they're doing something and it's not leaning on you. And so now you're able to get those individual conferences and guess what, you have even more data. You know, you have real-time data. Um, flip what you can, which gives you time again for those conferences. Flip what you can. Um, because remembering that kids come in, they come in knowing stuff. 
and we need to 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 identify that. What do they already know um, before we move on? Mm -hmm. No, definitely. All those are amazing recommendations, and this is just the tip of the iceberg of what's discussed in Chapter Eight, along with uh, Miss Lowe's case study within Chapter Eight. Really, just talks about blended learning. You know, how can it be implemented, and what are some strategies and tools to help make that happen? So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So uh, to our listeners is that uh, the book, Navigating the Toggle Term, a guide for K-12 classroom and school leaders is releasing worldwide in July. And we hope that you can get a copy and uh, dive a little bit deeper into um, blended learning along with concepts to help navigate the present and future of education. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.